sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. A Thursday, live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. It's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the Sports Grid Network as well. I am Ben Stevens. On this Thursday, we have a football game. And I'll say it with that level of excitement. For me, Big Ten Ben, I love what we might see on this Thursday in Soldier Field in Chicago. And over under between the Bears and the Washington Commanders of 37 and a half and the games of pick'em we've seen some line movement past that number of zero the line going flippity flop we'll look at everything for thursday night football throughout this show we bring you up until 11 a.m eastern time but it is october that means postseason baseball playoff baseball in the national league yesterday of the four division series that we have the american league had the day off on a Wednesday, the NL in action. Game number two in Atlanta. Game number two in Los Angeles. And we start at the home of the World Series champs. Now, first pitch was originally scheduled for around 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. A lot of rain down there in Georgia yesterday. Pushes back first pitch to closer to 8 p.m. Eastern. But we get the game off. And after a long rain delay, the Atlanta Braves, the reigning World Series champs, even the series against the Phillies, shutting out Philadelphia for a 3-0 victory. Atlanta scoring all three runs in the home half of the sixth inning. They didn't have a base runner until the fourth. Zach Wheeler on the bump for the Phils looked pretty good early on, but the Braves able to scratch across three in the bottom of the sixth. That would be all they need. Why? Well, Kyle Wright was pretty sensational yet again yesterday. He had the most wins in Major League Baseball throughout the regular season. A 21-5 record. He gets win number 22 of the year yesterday. Six innings of scoreless work, only allowing two hits to Philadelphia and striking out six. A wonderful postseason performance from Kyle Wright. And as we discussed yesterday, the Atlanta Braves entered this series against Philadelphia. A minus 186 favorite to win the series outright and advance back to the NLCS. Well, entering yesterday's game after Atlanta lost game number one, the opening game down there in the A, the Braves were the underdog, but they were a favorite for game number two. Plus one, the price on the Braves yesterday in the series, that is not the case any longer. Atlanta has flipped back to that series favorite around $1.50 at minus minus one. 46 and now for the Braves to control the fate of this series you can see it in the odds for Atlanta to win this series in the series correct market in four or five games it's the shortest number at plus 200 and to go four or five games the same number as well the shortest price for the Phillies if they are to emerge victorious here in the National League Division Series is for Philadelphia to win in four games that's a plus 300 price game number three back in philly is tomorrow we do not have any odds out as of yet on the FanDuel sportsbook so the national league getting the day off today the second game though in the nl last night inside dodger stadium where the dodgers had been dominant all year long against their nl west foe in the san diego padres but san diego gets the split in the two games in los angeles beating the dodgers yesterday in la five to three the same score 
for both of the first two games of this series in the NLDS. It was the Dodgers taking game one on Tuesday night, 5-3. to three. It was San Diego taking game number two by a final score of 5-3 to three last night. So this series evened up at one game apiece. And the Padres, a big underdog last night, and we'll get to why in just a moment. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The opening hour of a Thursday live on the morning after. Sirius XM, Channel 159, all of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well. And I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Thursday, October baseball postseason action across Major League Baseball. In the National League, solely yesterday, the AL had the day off. They're back in action today. The NL gets the day off after both game twos in Atlanta. The Braves even the series at one game all. And in Los Angeles, the Padres getting the better of the Dodgers last night inside Dodger Stadium to even the series at one game apiece as well. The Dodgers entered the game as a pretty heavy favorite. Minus 184, minus 190 is what we saw the price on the money line because of Clayton Kershaw. But not the best start for the veteran left-hander for Los Angeles last night. Five innings of work, giving up three earned on six hits. He did strike out six, going over his K-prop of four and a half that, as you can see, was pretty heavily juiced to the over. A ton of long balls to start the game. The first three runs scored between San Diego and L.A. all came via the home run. And a big night for Manny Machado. Two of five at the dish. Two ribbies. It was Trey Turner hitting his second home run of this series to even the score at three in the home half of the third. But then a pro-far RBI single in the sixth gives the Padres the lead for good. And Jake Cronenworth adds to it, solidifying the win for the Padres, a 5-3 to three victory. So San Diego right now evens the series as they head back to their home ballpark against L.A. The Dodgers still a minus 180 favorite in the series outright price. They were minus 480, though, entering yesterday. And the Dodgers do remain the favorites to win the National League pennant, plus 145. Atlanta is the second best number at plus 250. But all th- uh, four of those teams remaining in the National League, all within $3 of each other. The Phillies, the longest price at plus 440. And the Padres at plus 390. The Dodgers did have the shortest odds to pull off the sweep in the correct score market against San Diego. Entering game number two last night, it was a two-to-one number. Now the shortest in that market is LA to go the distance in five at plus 175. Plenty more baseball coming later in hour number two, but the focus now is football. A huge week seven Saturday slate in college football with Joe Lisi up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Look at this smile. Look at this smile right here. This is the smile that comes across my face when I think and dream of the Saturday slate for college football here in week number seven. Six ranked versus ranked top 25 matchups across the slate. Three teams that will be, or three games that feature teams with a perfect 5-0 undefeated record or better against each other. That is just the second time in the history of college football as a sport we have seen that on a single Saturday. So when this Saturday is this big in all of college football, who do we call on? Of course, 
It is Sports Grid's college football analyst, one of my co-hosts on College Football Today each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time alongside Kevin Walsh. That would be the mastermind of the college football pigskin. That would be Joe Lisi. Lisi, this is what it is all about. Week 7 of college football. The Saturday slate cannot come soon enough. Oh, I'm with you, Ben, and I thought you were smiling because I'm joining you for a couple of segments, you know, not just college football. Your co-host is here. We're talking ball. This is what it's all about, right? Uh, first time that we see basically five games in terms of top 25 opponents since the last five years. So we're going to be geared up this coming weekend, and really, it, this will really tell which teams are for real and which teams are just pretending at the midpoint of the season. So curious to see how it all plays out Saturday afternoon. And this is that halfway point of the season. Conference games even more significant for the race for a college football playoff appearance. And Lisi, you mentioned it. We'll go through all of the games that we have, all of the ranked matchups and even some more in these two consecutive segments together. But we start in the big house in Ann Arbor on Saturday. 10th ranked Penn State visits 5th ranked Michigan. And right now, Lisi, that spread working under a touchdown. Still six and a half in favor of the Wolverines with a total at 51 in a hook. Lisi, how competitive do you expect this game to be between the Nittany Lions and the Wolverines? I expect it to be very competitive. A four-quarter game. We saw this game go down to the last three minutes last year. Penn State had the 17-14 to 14 lead and then relinquished it on a 40-yard or 60-yard touchdown by the tight end for Michigan, and they lost that ball game 21-17. to 17. I favor Penn State here, Ben. The ability to run the football on the road, I think, is a critical aspect of why I'm buying into James Franklin. They have the veteran quarterback with Sean Clifford. They're averaging 192 yards on the ground against opposing defenses. So let's not forget their front seven has only given up 79 rushing yards to opposing Big Ten teams, and more importantly, holding opposing offenses to 29% on third down conversions. I think that'll travel well. They, I think they win, but even if they don't win, I still think they'll be well within the six-and-a-half-point number Saturday afternoon in the big house. That third-down conversion percentage might be huge in this game because both teams want to run the football. Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards on one side for the Mays in blue and the three-headed attack of Kevon Lee, Nicholas Singleton, and Tron Allen on the other side for Penn State. Lisi, two of the top seven rushing defenses in all of college football as well. And where this game is played is so significant, in my opinion. The last two years, the road team has won. But from 2016 to 2019, it was the home team holding serve in their own home stadium. And by an average margin of victory at home of 27 and a half points per game. So not just taking advantage of that home field advantage, but doing so in a big big way but Lisa you mentioned it this is the point the halfway mark of the college football season which teams are true contenders right now in the Big Ten Ohio State is a big big favorite minus 310 is their number to win the conference but Michigan the second best price at plus 650 tied for the fifth best number to win the college football playoff national championship Penn State the third best price in the Big Ten at 12 to 1 and 80 to 1 to win the Natty so Lisi do you think both of these teams Michigan and Penn State have what it takes to contend for a conference championship and potentially a spot in the CFP 
Definitely. Because of their ability to run the football, you mentioned it. Michigan is averaging around 207 yards per game with Blake Corum and and, uh, Penn State right in the area of about 192. They have multiple backs that they can utilize to keep fresh legs in there at all times. And when you can sustain drives and keep more explosive offenses on the sidelines, i.e. C.J. Stroud and Ohio State, that's a recipe to beat in the Buckeyes, right? Ohio State allowed six rushing tusks touchdowns to Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum last year. So until they can stop that, you have to say both Michigan and Penn State, whichever team wins this coming Saturday, it has a very good shot to knock off the Buckeyes. Ohio State travels to Penn State on October 29th. I think that's going to be a dynamic atmosphere in Happy Valley. This game in Ann Arbor inside the big house will have huge Big Ten implications. The Big Ten in the balance as is the Big 12 this weekend in Fort Worth. 13th-ranked TCU, a perfect ball club against another perfect side in number eight, Oklahoma State. Right now, Joe, TCU, a a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home with a large total at 68-and-a-half. Lisey, how would you describe the significance of this matchup between Oklahoma State and TCU for the Big 12 title race? Yeah, this one's big as well. Obviously, there is no margin of error for Oklahoma State, not just to win the Big 12 title, but to crack the college football playoff, right? They need to be basically, in my opinion, undefeated. They can't lose the rest of the way. They have to keep Mm. focus. They dominated TCU last year, 63-17. to Different team, obviously, with Gary Patterson being fired last year or resigning, and obviously last year, the interim staff. But at the end of the day, Sonny Dykes has this offense humming Max Duggan right? They get another critical road win over Kansas. They come back home. They play very well in Fort Worth, but I'll still go to Oklahoma State. I like their ability to run the football with Dominic Richardson. I just think they think that they're more battle-tested right here, right now. I like Spencer Sanders, and I like the wide receiver matchup uh, of obviously Brennan Presley and Braden Johnson going up against that secondary at TCU. Oklahoma couldn't take advantage of it. Kansas couldn't take advantage of it. I think Oklahoma State does in a big way. I think they win outright. Lisi, a different picture maybe than last season for both of these teams, especially Oklahoma State defensively, but offensively, both top five scoring offenses in the country. In fact, tied for the third best scoring offenses in terms of their points output at 46.4 points per game. Lisa, you saw that total at 68 and a hook. Do you think we see plenty of offense on Saturday in Fort Worth? I mean, it seems so high, right? But I would lean to the over because I don't know if TCU can play any defense against Oklahoma State. They allowed 63 points last year. Maybe it's not 63, but I think they can get into the high 40s, Oklahoma State, and maybe, you know, TCU gets in there in the the high 30s. We, We sneak over. Yeah, and we saw Kansas put up that output in the third quarter and in the second half, starting to take advantage of that Horn Frog secondary just a little bit too late. In Oklahoma State, the sixth worst passing defense in the country at this moment. Joe, right now in the Big 12, Texas is the favorite, but Oklahoma State and TCU not far behind. So in the matchup between the Pokes and the Horn Frogs, do you think the winner is in pole position to win the Big 12? 
Well, I think they're a little bit closer. Oklahoma State has Texas on deck as well. So that's going to be a, a yeah. dynamic game in Stillwater. Texas typically always plays Oklahoma State very well, especially in Stillwater. Got this victory a couple of years ago uh, against Spencer Sanders. Uh, we saw Sam Ellinger step up. So it's going to be very critical. That's why I say there really is no margin of error for Oklahoma State. Stay focused, stay the course, and just grind out wins. And in the end, maybe they're in a college football playoff. And it will be big for the Cowboys to have that game in Stillwater because the two toughest tests so far for Oklahoma State, both on the road. They beat Baylor outright in Waco a couple of weekends ago as an underdog, a three-and-a-half-point underdog against TCU this weekend. There is some conversation right now, Lisey, because Texas is the favorite to win the Big 12. If they can win out the rest of the way, there might be a path for the Longhorns to a Big 12 championship in a college football playoff they're a two-loss team I'm not so sure we haven't seen a two-loss team ever make it to the college football playoff this will be the ninth year Joe Lisi is still here for plenty more around the week seven slate of CFB up next sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Week seven of college football. Again, six ranked versus ranked top 25 matchups. Three games where there are two teams pitted against each other with a perfect 5-0 and record or better. That is just the second time in the history of college football for a single Saturday slate. We looked at the first two of those matchups. Number 10, Penn State on the road against number five, Michigan. Number eight, Oklahoma State on the road against number 13, TCU. And Joe Lisi back with us here on the morning after live on this Thursday. The third of those three matchups on Rocky Top. My home sweet home. Number six Tennessee hosting number three Alabama. Joe, this line has worked a little bit in favor of the volunteers. It seems most of the betting handle is on Tennessee at home in Knoxville on Saturday. It is now just a seven point spread. As we look at it right now, that line would indicate to me Bryce Young should play in this football game for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Lisi, I ask you, do you think we will see Bryce Young out there starting at QB against the Vols on Saturday? I think it's 70-30 that he plays, and the line is sort of indicating that as well. But whether he plays or not, I still lean to Alabama here, Ben. They have won 15 straight over the Tennessee Volunteers. The last three, they've absolutely dominated by basically 27 points per game. Picked up this victory last year as a 24-and-a-half, 25-point favorite in Tuscaloosa, 52 to 24. We talk about obviously the the struggles last week for uh, Milrow and that offense. They struggled at times, but still he threw for three touchdowns in that ball game. The biggest thing for me is you know you look at the rushing attack for Alabama. They pounded the rock for 288 yards last week against Texas A&M. The 
previous week. It was 313 against Arkansas. They're averaging 6.9 yards per carry. That is their highest rushing total since pro- in terms of yards per carry since prior to 2009 when Nick Saban got to Tuscaloosa. So just think about the dominance. And coupled with the fact they're only giving up 80 rushing yards per game. And oh, by the way, you have the second best third down defense in all of college football behind Minnesota, 22%. I think they win this ball game. I say anywhere from 13 to 17 points. I think they're the better team. I think Tennessee is good. They're not elite just yet. And that's why I'm buying into Alabama on the road. They make it 16 straight in Neyland Stadium. Alabama right now is taking a page out of the Big Ten booklet, and they are running the damn football. However, Lisey, the volunteers, the strength of that defense is on the ground. They're allowing less than 90 yards per game to their opponent's rushing attack. The weakness is that secondary, giving up over 307 passing yards per game. That is the fourth worst passing defense in the country for the balls right now. So let me ask you one follow-up here, Joe. If Bryce Young plays, do you expect Alabama to lean more on the pass or try to use that to their advantage? And if Bryce Young is named the starter, and we probably won't know until Saturday afternoon because it is Nick Saban, and he won't reveal any information prior to kickoff on Saturday afternoon, where do you think this line will go? Will it work more in favor of the Tide or stay around this number of seven? I can't see it getting under seven. If it does, you're gonna have. I think you're gonna have a lot of sharp betters come in on Alabama. You know, under seven, a key number, and say, you know what? If Alabama wins by a touchdown, I'll take it at the end of the day. When do you get Alabama basically as a six and a half point favorite, unless they're playing teams like maybe Clemson or or even maybe you know a beaten up uh, Georgia team, not in the national championship, but in regular years past, we're talking right at the end of the day. Yeah. Alabama's always laying double digits. I will. Say Say this though, you know, it, to keep explosive offenses on the sidelines, you need the running game. As weak as uh, Tennessee secondary is, I still think Alabama can wear down a front seven. They haven't been challenged. I'm, I'm talking right up the middle with those big uglies like Alabama. They have won the yeah. game in the trenches the last five or six years by being able to wear down Tennessee at the point of attack. So we'll see how it plays out at 3:30 Saturday afternoon. That rushing average of 6.9 yards per carry is the best in all of college football as well. And Joe, this stat coming to us in our College Football Today group chat from our executive producer on CFT, Chris Kofsky, less than 20% of the bets right now are on Alabama as the favorite in this game. The public side is Tennessee. Since 2015, when getting less than 50% of the handle, which is rare for Bama, they are 12-5 against the number. Rat poison afoot in Knoxville, Tennessee. So, Joe, as we look at the SEC, Georgia's still the favorite, even money, plus 100. Alabama just 25 cents behind. But for the first time this year, the Volunteers have a triple-digit price. What will we learn on Saturday about the rest of the season outlook within the Southeastern Conference? Well, it's going to be now that Texas A&M is out of it. I think you look at two teams and maybe, I mean, you know, Ole Miss and Miss State. At the end of the day, I, I favor Ole Miss 
over Miss State. I mean, Miss State does play Alabama next week, so they're already 21-and-a-half-point underdogs. They get absolutely abused each and every year by Alabama as well. It's it's very rare that they step up and win a ball game. Dak Prescott and, and the Miss State Bulldogs with Dan Mullen, I think, was the closest game. They wound up covering that number about six, five or six years ago. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's Alabama and Georgia right now, especially in the West. I mean, maybe Ole Miss, but again, they'd still be about 14 and a half to 16 point underdogs against Alabama if they went to Tuscaloosa. There's still that distinction. It's a really, really good point. All right. One of the six ranked versus ranked matchups that we have, Mississippi State, number 16 in the country, making their way to Lexington to take on number 22, Kentucky. Now, the Cats have lost two straight. They have fallen down the polls. They were ranked inside the top 10. But they have lost two straight, Joe. At least the last one against South Carolina without their starting quarterback in Will Levis. He is set to return as of right now for this matchup at home on Saturday against the Bulldogs. And the line is reflecting that. It was seven at the open. It is now just four and a half in favor of Mississippi State. Will Rogers on one side for the Bulldogs. Will Levis on the other side for the Cats. Joe, what effect does Will Levis have for this game between Kentucky and Mississippi State? Well, it gives Kentucky an opportunity to challenge Mississippi State over the top, right? I I like this game at seven, even if Will Levis didn't play. But now that he's playing at four and a half, I think Kentucky's live in this ballgame. You go back since 2015, the teams have flip-flopped wins each and every year. So last year, uh, Miss State did get the win in Stark, Vegas. Now they go on the road to Lexington. Kentucky's still not running the football the way they want, right? They're only averaging 92 yards on the ground compared to last year. They had seven games where they rushed for over 200 they were six and one in those contests by 17 points per game but with will levis in the lineup i still think those wide receivers of brown and tavion robinson can challenge mississippi state over the top even though miss state has looked good against a&m and arkansas this is a different offense with will levis at the helm i think they have better playmakers than both of those teams on the outside and that's why i'm calling for the upset kentucky outright over the Bulldogs Saturday night in Lexington. The money line price for the Cats as the Dogs in Lexington for Joe Lisi. All right, that's four of the six ranked matchups that we have, the top 25 tilts on Saturday. Number five, inside the JMA Wireless Dome. More than 45,000 tickets already sold for my Syracuse Orange. Ranked 18th in the country, Joe, hosting number 15, NC State. A short number, only three and a half in favor of the Cuse with a small over-under standing at 42 and a half. What is your breakdown for this matchup? When I saw this line open at five, my heart said NC State, right? I was against NC State, against Florida State last week. Devin Leary gets hurt. That's a huge factor, whether he plays. It was still an injury to his throwing shoulder, and Chambers came in. He was very ineffective, completing just around 50% of his passes. And we know the struggles with Dave Doran over the last three years in terms of NC State on the road or on a neutral field. They're just 6-12 and 12 after that loss to Clemson. So I'm going to lay it here with your guy Schrader and Syracuse. I can't believe I'm doing this, but I feel like Joe Poe is all on the Wolfpack. I don't think they're that great of a team this year. Give me the Cuse laying the three and a half in this ballgame. 
Welcome to the Orange, Joe Lisi. Forever orange you are. We appreciate you joining the side of SU. NC State, a really good defense. Top 20 in scoring defense. Top 15 in total defense. What does Sean Tucker do? for Syracuse on Saturday, one of the best backs in all of college football. As we look at the ACC odds right now, Clemson a minus 310 favorite like Ohio State, the best odds of any team to win any conference in all of college football. It feels like it's wrapped up, but maybe on the other side, North Carolina can provide a test in the Coastal, and maybe, just maybe, Syracuse that travels to Death Valley next Saturday can pull off an unreal upset. All right, the sixth and final ranked versus ranked matchup, Joe, in Salt Lake. Number 20, Utah, after a loss to UCLA last week in the Rose Bowl, returns to host USC, the seventh-ranked Trojans, an underdog, getting three points on the road. Lisi, do you think SC should be booked as the dog in this matchup against the Utes? Absolutely. I think the more physical team is the Utah Utes, and this is the type of game that Utah wanted to get into last week with UCLA. They couldn't do it with, obviously, DTR having a dynamic performance, got them out of their game plan, but I think that Utah is able to pound the rock on the front seven of USC, giving up 152 yards per game. They're going to get this game into a phone booth, Ben. They're going to hit USC right in the mouth. And I like Utah and right tackles. I think they cover this line anywhere from seven to 10 points. What chaos that would mean for the Pac-12. USC right now, the second best price, plus 175 behind Oregon. Oregon plays UCLA next weekend. The Bruins have the third best number. The Pac-12 hasn't made the college football playoff in five seasons a huge game in salt lake on saturday joe lisi you are the best we go back to the nfl more of the morning after is up next sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Are you ready for some football? Some Thursday night football? Here's the motto here on the morning after today. It's a game between the Washington Commanders and the Chicago Bears. We know that it is expected to be ugly, but the motto is, hey, it's football, and football is better than not having football. So helping us preview this game and where we can find the best bets and the best betting angles, it is Chantel Chan. Joining us from FanDuel to preview Thursday night football in Chicago between the Bears and the Commanders. Chantel, you wake up on this Thursday morning. It's bright and early where you are up there in Vancouver. How excited are you for football? Did you get the juices flowing this early on a Thursday? Of course I did, because it can't be any worse than what we saw last Thursday with the Colts and Broncos. So I'm thinking this one is going to be better because that was one of the worst games I've ever seen. And I'm never going to get those hours back in my life again. So I'm hoping this one will be a little bit better because a lot's riding on this game if you think about it. A lot is riding on this game to return primetime football into our lives like we expect it to be on a Thursday. Could it get worse than last week in Denver? Well, if there's two teams that might show us it can, it would be the Commanders and the Bears, both in the bottom 10 of scoring offense in the National Football League. But from an odds perspective, Chantel, we have seen this line now flip in favor of Washington. The Bears were a one, one and a half point favorite most of this week. It's now the Commanders as the favorites tonight 
on the road. It's a one-point spread. It's very close on that money line, as you can see. Minus 112 for Washington, minus 104 for Chicago. So do you expect a close game tonight at Soldier Field? I do expect a close game. And when you take a look at the odds there, I actually like the Chicago Bears straight up on the money line. Coming into this one, Justin Fields is coming off one of his best games of the season. He threw for over 200 yards. His completions have gone up every game. They're feeling good coming into this one. And as for Washington, well, you know what Ron Rivera did just earlier this week. He Eesh. pretty much threw Carson Wentz underneath the bus, but he did it in a nice way. But what he was pretty much saying was Carson Wentz isn't a good enough quarterback back but of course there was more context in what he was trying to say so coming into this game as I mentioned earlier I said there was a lot riding on this game because I think it could be a come out party for Justin Fields if he has a good game mm. and Carson Wentz he needs to have a good game and when you take a look at the Washington Commanders right now they're going to be depleted offensively because he's going to be without his tight end Logan Thomas and also Dotson so some of his targets are not going to be there so I like the Chicago Bears straight up on the money line for this one our associate producer here, Chantel, on the morning after, Andrew Bacigalupo, telling me this morning as well, Carson Wentz says he's pretty banged up right now. They're hoping the long layoff after this Thursday night football game heals him. And yes, it was Ron Rivera that skewered his quarterback in Carson Wentz by saying the difference in the NFC East right now is quarterback play because the Eagles are a perfect 5-0 and Jalen Hurts has played on an MVP level. But the 4-1 Cowboys and the 4-1 Giants have Cooper Rush playing quarterback for Dallas and Daniel Jones for New York. I'm not so sure it's quarterback play, Ron Rivera, but hey, that's what we have entering tonight. So, Chantel, we'll get to the quarterback comparison and their props for this evening in just a minute. But you saw the total there, 37 and a half. This will be the sixth game for Chicago tonight, and they've already had four totals under 40. So, Chantel, as you look at all of the totals that we have for tonight, it seems that points will be at a premium just how low scoring can this Thursday night football game get? I think it is going to be a defensive battle between these two teams. So I actually am not too surprised that the over-under there is set to 37 and a half. I expect it to be a low-scoring game when I take a look at what's been going on with both of these teams. And the fact that we just talked about the fact Carson Wentz dealing, I believe it's a bicep injury. He is coming into the, this game and he's going to be playing, but he's dealing with that injury with some of his options out as well. And as for Justin Fields, as much as he has progressed every week at the same time they need that offense to get going so I expect this one to be a low one as well I wouldn't be surprised if it's 20 to 17 or even lower than that to be quite honest with you maybe 17 to 14 Chicago this is going to be a Big Ten football game still playing in the heart of Big Ten country there in Chicago between the Bears and the Washington Commanders Chicago going with the all orange look tonight even on the helmet. So now to the quarterback comparison. What's so fascinating to me, Chantel, is the Bears are the worst passing offense in the league because they run the football so much. They are the only team in the NFL that has a rushing play percentage of 60% or greater, but Washington throws it a ton. The third highest passing play percentage in the National Football League, 66.7% of the plays drawn up for Carson Wentz are through the air. So you mentioned Justin Fields. You expect this to be a coming out party of sorts. How do you approach his numbers in the prop market? 
Well, I do like him for the over on rush yards, which I believe is set to 40 and a half. There, Justin Fields is going to be running all day because the one thing about Washington, despite the fact that their secondary is suspect, their D-line has played really well, except for the fact that you also have to take into account that their rush defense has been very well as well. But I think Justin Fields yeah. is going to be running all over the field, and it's pretty impressive if you keep in the fact that Chase Young is injured as well. So... I think Justin Fields, when you take a look at his completions that have gone up every game, I think he's going to go over on pass yards for this game. Yes, I said it. Because also, Washington's pass defense is so suspect, and they've given up a lot of yards to some big receivers. We're talking, you know, C.D. Lamb, Devontae Smith. And I think that Justin Fields is going to have actually a good game in the air tonight. I'm not saying he's going to throw for like 300 yards or anything like that, but I do think <laughs> one of his receivers is going to have a big game. You look at Darnell Mooney in his last game, there was a beautiful 39-yard pass that he caught. I think he's going to be looking to Mooney again in this game. He it has been his favorite target all year long. 208 yards through the air for Justin Fields last week against Minnesota, a season high. Two weeks prior to that against the New York Giants, Justin Fields had the lowest recorded passing yards prop in the history of the FanDuel Sportsbook. It was 148 and a half, and he sailed over that with 174. So two straight games over this number of 170 and a half. And Chantel, we trust the sources here, right? We brought you that stat from our associate producer, Andrew Bacigalupo, one of my best friends in the world, Luke Lamble, is a diehard Chicago Bears fan. One thing he wanted me to point out is that last week we saw the most empty set for Justin Fields in that Bears offense, maybe a new added wrinkle that leads to the passing attack trying to expose Washington's secondary. But again, you got to think the ground attack is going to be a big, big factor tonight on both sides for Washington. Brian Robinson Jr. is back. What a great story that is. And the Bears run the football 60% of the time or higher this season you mentioned Justin Fields 40 and a half is his rushing yards prop anywhere else on this board Chantel from the rushing game perspective you expect to dive in in the prop market this evening yeah two spots actually David Montgomery I'm going to take the under for him he had that one breakout game against the Packers but other than that he's averaging about 44 and a half yards per game I like the under in this game especially when you take into account how badly the Bears O-line has struggled this season and I also like the over for Brian Robinson coming into this game because the Bears their rush defense is terrible so I like Brian Robinson in this game and you talked about the great story this is a primetime game and I think he's definitely going to have some moments in this game tonight so I like Brian Robinson for the over and I like David Montgomery for the under on rush yards because of some of those struggles on the ground for David Montgomery this week I look at Khalil Herbert the man known as Juice the running back out of Virginia Tech his rushing yards prop is 26 and a half it feels very low last week only four carries for 11 yards but went over this number and rather substantially over in the first four games for Chicago this year. He's averaging more than 65 yards per game on the ground. I think we're getting a discounted number at the moment on the man that will bring the juice for us on this Thursday. But Chantel, we're looking at two teams right now that the rest of the season outlook isn't great beyond this Thursday night football game. The Washington Commanders and the Chicago Bears, two of the three longest odds in the NFC to make the postseason right now only the Seattle Seahawks have a longer price than that of Chicago so is there any hope the rest of the way are either of those numbers enticing enough from a plus money perspective to have you dive in on a long shot to make the playoffs 
I would have to be sipping on something real good for me to bet on either <laughs> of these teams to make the postseason. I take a look at Washington. They still have some tough games coming up as well, and their division is playing really well, despite the fact yeah. that, you know, Dak Prescott's been out. Cooper Rush has played very well for them. Jalen Hurts having an MVP season. And then you look at what the Giants have done. They still have to play the Packers, the 49ers, the Colts, who have had an up and down year, but I still think that they're a tough team to play. I think Washington is going to have a tough time to even win five and a half games, which I set, think is their over-under set for this season. And as for the Bears, I think they've played and looked decent. I thought a lot of people think maybe they wouldn't have maybe just one win this season, maybe not even a win. So their over-under set to five and a half games as well. I think they might win five games this year, but I'm not taking either of these teams to make the playoffs. Both with a five-and-a-half updated win total here entering week six of this NFL season. Washington's win total before the year was seven-and-a-half in the over had the juice. Chicago was at five-and-a-half. The over had the juice, and it still does, at minus 135. It will be interesting to see what the future is for Ron Rivera as the head man in Washington. So this is Thursday Night Football, Chantel, as we get ready for NFL week number six. As you look to the Sunday slate with games like the Bills and the Chiefs, in Arrowhead, that NFC East showdown on Sunday night in Philly between the Eagles and the Cowboys. Which game are you most looking forward to the rest of this weekend? It's definitely the Bills in Kansas City just because of what happened last year in the postseason. Coming into this one, 13 seconds was the difference in that playoff yeah. game. And you know the Bills are coming into this one with a bit of a chip on their shoulder. Kansas City right now, they still look like the team that is the best in the AFC West, even though they got pushed right to the end by the Raiders. I think this is a big game. And whoever wins this game is going to have the juice when it comes into the playoffs because they're going to look back at that game. So I really am looking forward to that game. But I'm really intrigued by that Sunday night matchup with the Cowboys and the Eagles, because I think it'll say something about the Cowboys if they're able to get it done. And of course, the Eagles, I mean, arguably, they are the best team in the NFC right now because of their record. But right now, I think the pieces that they have defensively, the way Jalen Hurts is playing, to me, they are the best team in the NFC. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens on Sunday night. Just a great slate of games, to be honest with you. It's going to be incredible. The NFC favorites right now, the Philadelphia Eagles, but it feels like an interesting number because in terms of that postseason pedigree, Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni, they haven't done it just yet when guys like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford and even Jimmy Garoppolo and that Niners team are lurking just behind them. It's a two-and-a-half-point spread, Chantel, in Kansas City on Sunday afternoon in favor of Buffalo. It is the first time in the career of Patrick Mahomes he is booked as a home underdog. To me, Chantel, it feels like a money line sprinkle. It just has to be. It, yeah, it definitely is. I'm going to roll with the Chiefs in this one because Arrowhead is a tough place to play. You can oh. just not go up in there and think that you're going to win despite the fact that you're the Bills. Look at what Miami did to the Bills. They're beatable. And I believe the Chiefs yeah. are a better team than Miami, especially when you got a guy like Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair with these two teams, mm. and I don't think the Bills can just walk in and win an arrowhead. The highest total of the weekend of this Week 6 NFL slate, 53.5 is the number for Kansas City and Buffalo. FanDuel Chantel Chan joining us early here on this Thursday to preview Thursday Night Football. Hopefully we built the excitement for you in the rest of the Week 6 NFL slate. Chantel, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. 
we round out this opening hour of TMA on this Thursday where there is a football game to be played and we ask you, what's the best bet between Washington and Chicago? Can you find one? We'll find out next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rounding out our number one of the morning after live on this Thursday, right here on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. It's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, that's Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thursday night football in Chicago between the Bears and the Commanders. Yes, we do get excited for it, regardless of how we feel about what the potential outcome might be. It is still football on our television and that is what we love football is always better than no football so let's try to have some fun let's try to build the enthusiasm let's try to find a best bet for you what do you think is the best bet for thursday night football that was the question we asked and fade the public And we have seen some line movement early here on this Thursday morning, now working in favor of the road team. It was a short spread all week, one and a half at its peak in favor of Chicago. Now it's one in favor of the Commanders, just eight cents of difference on the money line. Washington minus 112, Chicago minus 104. The over-under is 37 and a half. Public, I love you. You believe in the credo. You believe in principle. You believe in precedent and trying to be on the right side of history. Because the majority of you right now, or maybe not the majority, but the most selected option is the under of the 37.5 for the best bet for Thursday night football this evening in Chicago. One day your grandkids will ask you, Thursday night football, week six of the 2022 season, Grandpapa, what did you bet on? Or Grandmama, was it the under of the 37.5 or was it the over? And you could look at them in the eye and you could say, Yeah, I took the over. It was a low total between Chicago and Washington. That's the easy way out. But history remembers the bold. So to take a bet of an under of 37 and a half and sweat out a Thursday night football game that might be disgusting, that's the way to do it. Public, I am proud of you on this Thursday morning. Hour number two of the morning after comes up next. A full preview of Thursday night football and postseason baseball comes your way here on the Grizz. 